What's up, everyone? This is episode zero zero nine. Topical Zoom. Can we learn something today? One, two, three. Welcome to the Design Your Thinking Podcast, a show where we think, learn, and explore the product mindset so you can design better products every day. And now your host, Karthik. Welcome to another episode in the Topical Zoom series. Today, we're going to zoom into a topic that's close to this idea of the growth mindset, which is learning. One of the most important skills successful product managers possess is an ability to learn on the job. An associated skill is the ability to both identify and learn relevant skills that can make them successful in their role. My guest today is a product manager, learner, and teacher. He learned product management skills on the job and went on to teach product management online to more than 4,000 students. My guest today led the design of NASA's first iPhone app and co-founded the Airbnb for cars. He's an award-winning product manager, UX designer, lecturer, and keynote speaker. He has mentored teams at NASA, Apple, Ticketmaster, Live Nation, and has taught product management and user experience design at Stanford, UCLA, Art Center, and General Assembly. He's also a digital nomad and has traveled and worked in over 30 countries. Without much ado, let's welcome Charles Du. Charles, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kartik. All right, Charles. So let's get rolling. But before we get into talking products, what's this whole digital nomad lifestyle all about? Sure. So... A digital nomad is somebody who can travel and work at the same time. Um, so basically somebody that um, is location independent. Um, and this is kind of different from what most people typically do, which is they go to a same office from 9 to, nine to 5 or 9 to 8, and then they make the same commute. Um, and there's, a, there's starting to be a growing group of people that kind of want to travel the world, um, but at the same time they don't want to give up you know, um, a sustainable income. So they set off and become digital nomads. So now I'm actually traveling with a group of 60 other digital nomads, and we're traveling and working for an entire year, and we hit um, a different city in a different country every single month. Nice. So where are you as we speak? So I'm currently in Belgrade in Serbia. That's a nice place, and I'm glad you took time to chat with uh, me today. Uh, Since this is going to be a, a short chat, I'd like to focus on two things, Charles teaching and learning product skills. You seem to have an interest in teaching. Why did you choose to teach product management skills? Yeah, so I've been a product manager for the last eight years. You know, I've worked for organizations like NASA, Apple, um, Ticketmaster, Live Nation, and a bunch of uh, startup companies. And most of the knowledge that I picked up um, were kind of just, you know, on my own with trial and error. And I still remember when I first started, like, there were very few resources where I can learn from. Um, and, you know, a product manager's role is it's definitely a really challenging role. Um, so I wanted to help all the people that were interested in getting into this field to shortcut um, their, their growth 
by teaching them pretty much everything that I know. Um, so I basically took all the knowledge that I had, um, which is about eight years working for some of the best organizations in the world, and compressed it into um, a few online courses that people can just take at their own pace. Yeah, interesting. So uh, you con- essentially condensed all your knowledge into courses. So you also talked about you, the way you learn. You said you learn. You you did. You are a self-taught product manager. So can you talk about how you went about learning stuff yourself? Did you go about seeking online courses, or where uh, is it a combination of experiences that you gained on the job? Yeah, so there's something special about every single company that I worked at. Um, at NASA, I learned the importance of you know, maintaining a product vision because as a product manager, um, you typically have a vision for how the product should be shaped. And as your vision gets executed, you know, there'll be times where all these other forces, you know, whether it's from other stakeholders or from like, technical limitations, will try to dilute what your vision is. And it's your job to kind of maintain focus. So when I was designing the first um, iPhone app for NASA, um, one of the things that happened was, you know, there were people that said, hey, maybe we should give more priority to this feature because it could potentially lead to more funding for our division. So instead of designing a product based on the needs of the users, it was starting to get kind of political. And, you know, I fought back. uh, And at that time, I didn't really know the best way to kind of uh, gracefully uh, push back. Um, so I definitely took a lot of hits. But one of the things I learned was, you know, deliver a pro- you should deliver a product that the user loves. Um, and we ended up doing that, fortunately, um, and ended up being a, a huge success. So just like little things like that, you know, by trial and error, um, kind of shaped me into the product manager um, like I am today and to really help me teach other people all those lessons that I learned. Interesting. So Charles, you've now been a PM for over eight years and you've been teaching product management courses online. Now, in your, from your experience of having learned product management skills on the job and uh, taught quite many number of students now, what are the three most important areas or skills that product managers need to uh, possess and be good at in order to be successful? Sure. So out of all the companies I worked at, out of all the managers I've had, out of all the other product managers I've seen, there are three ideal qualities that I always see emerge in a rock star product manager. The first one is product vision. The second one is product execution. And the third one is leadership. So the first quality is you have to have the vision for how the product is going to evolve um, like many versions out. Like um, It's it's like the same idea where um, uh, the, the founder of Uber you know, saw Uber not just as a transportation platform um, for replacing taxis, but as an all-encompassing like, logistics platform to delivering whatever you wanted. Um, so to be able to see that far ahead um, and to be able to see all the many products um, from where you are today to that ideal world um, is what I call product vision. So... You know, it's anything like if you brainstorm a sea of ideas, how can you pick out the ones that are actually like gems and worthwhile ideas to work on? So all of those things fall under product vision. And the best product managers that I've seen have deep and thoughtful product vision. 
Um, the second quality is product execution. So now that you have that vision, do you have the skills and the knowledges uh, that, that you need to actually you know, uh, make that vision happen? So by skills and knowledge, I mean like, do you know how to uh, put together a wireframe? Do you know how to write a concise user story? Do you know how to um, work with different uh, software development uh, processes like Agile and, um, and, and Scrum? Um, so all of these things are the skills, like the day-to-day -day skills that you need to push the product forward. And the last one, um, which is one of the hardest skills to kind of uh, teach and pick up, is leadership. Um, because as a product manager, you don't really have a lot of authority. Um, you don't, you're not the manager of other people. You're just the manager of a product. And at the same time, you have to lead all these people into building something that you want and the users want. So there's a lot of um, soft skills, like being able to influence without authority, um, being able to communicate and s speak different languages. Like when I explain a product idea to a developer, it's going to be very different than the product language that I use to explain to a designer. Um, but you need to be that information hub that can communicate to these different types of personas to really lead a team. So vision, execution, and leadership, these are the top three skills that Rockstar product managers need to have. All right, Charles, let's talk about vision for a quick moment. How can product managers seek and understand the product's purpose and decipher the product or the company's vision to uh, break it down to the product's goals? So there's lots of things that's involved in crafting like a deep product vision. Um, I mean, this is such a short interview that I don't know if I have enough time to talk about all of those, but I can tell you um, one of those things is to focus on the problem because um, I see a lot of product managers, they start by thinking about, oh, it'd be awesome if the product did this. It'd be awesome if something did this. And it's so easy to go down that route. But the best products I've seen are products that solve like a certain pain um, you know, in, in a user. And whether the pain is something that happens like frequently or a pain that happens in a very high magnitude, it's super painful. Or ideally, it's a pain that happens frequently and it's very um, painful. So I would say to help shape um, you know, uh, a product manager's vision, like really, really fall in love with a problem and don't fall in love with a solution. And the problem is where the pain is. All right, Charles, uh, let's now flip and start to look at the second part of our conversation, which is learning. How do you think product managers can learn new skills effectively? Yes, so that's a great question. Um, the fastest way that I found to learn any topic um, is just from the experts, um, because there are people that's figured it out. I mean, when people typically start, right, they, can, they have their laptop and they can search around the internet and they can piece together all these different types of information written by all sorts of different types of people. Um, and it can get really overwhelming because you don't really have a sequence of what you need to learn step by step. Um, but when I'm presented with an expert, you know, whether in person or like virtually, that's when they can break down all that complex knowledge into something that's really easy to follow, like uh, step by step. Um, 
So if they're available, then I schedule coffee with them. Um, then and I pick their brain and I tell me like you know teach me the main steps I need to get this task done or to get this knowledge and they'll be able to give me that high level and go in as deep as as they can. If people like that are not available, then I try to go online. I try to take an online course. Um, for example, um, the last app that I designed was one of the first apps for the Apple Watch. You know, we were building on the Apple Watch at Apple even before like it was available to the consumers, um, and I didn't have the design skills needed to create our interface. But I bought an online course um, that teaches you how to use Sketch. Um, spend like a week learning it, and at the end, I became like a visual designer that can piece together like a interface um, because the course is so well designed. Um, so I would say, if you want to become a rock star product manager, find another rock star product manager and really learn from the expert. That will save you all the time for for like piecing together all the knowledge yourself. Or if that's not available, um, take one of the online courses that's that's out there that you feel like you can learn a lot from. Interesting. You talk about uh, courses and talking to experts, and I, I, I l- like both of them. One of the challenges I've seen with any form of learning, though, uh, be taking ex- you know talking to experts or um, you know taking up courses or even reading books for that matter, is that these learnings suddenly appear strange when we are faced with a practical situation. You know what I'm saying. So, uh, how do you go about internalizing these learnings and such that they naturally extend themselves helpful in practical situations? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think one of the best ways to learn is actually by doing. So, that's why for my courses, um, people start learning, and not only do they get the theory, in every single section they'll complete a small exercise that helps to build uh, on a product idea that they came up with in the beginning. So by the end of the course, they would have gone through the entire product management um, life cycle and have like a fully spec'd out um, product idea that they can just hand over to like an engineer and be like, you know, here are all the wireframes, here's the feature backlog, here are all the user stories, feel free to run with it. Um, and I shape almost every single one of my courses like that where in the beginning, they learn stuff, but every single chunk of knowledge that they get, they have to put it into practice, but it all builds onto something bigger, so by the end, they leave with something that can, they can show off, um, and I really believe that's one of the best ways to learn. Um, another example is with my interview course, you know, at the end of every single major section, I actually have a mock interview where first I teach them, all right, here's the type of question that they ask, here's why they ask it. Um, here are some examples of questions they would ask. Here's the ideal answer of how to answer it. And now it's time for a mock interview. And then I ask them that question. And I actually just you know, wait for them to answer um, to give them that real um, feeling of how they're actually sitting in the office space, like giving back that answer. So every single one of these little experiential practices will help them internalize that knowledge even faster. Wow. So you're saying you literally do mock interviews with each one of your course takers? Is that how it works? Yeah. So for my, uh, my product manager interview course, I have mock interviews built into the course, which means that you know, there are specific sections where I ask them, here's a question. And then in the video, it'll look like that I'm sitting in the interview seat. And for them, for the student that's taking it, they're just 
practicing answering out loud. Um, now, of course, this is done in a pre-recorded way, but it's the only course that I've seen where it gives people that feeling that they're actually in an office. And the feedback I've gotten from so many students is it's super helpful. Um, and it's the next best thing to actually, you know, getting a mock interview in person. Um, but like the timing and um, just the way that the questions are asked, the amount of time that I give um, are all almost exactly like the same environment that they get in an interview. All right. So one last question about your course here. So one of the challenges I've seen is uh, job descriptions of PMs, which sometimes are clear, sometimes are very obscure. So for instance, some, uh, you know, could be talking about more inbound uh, PMs, some uh, cases they could be outbound PMs, you know, doing more of sales and marketing, stuff like that. So now um, when it comes to your course, do you help uh, uh, you know your students understand how to go about uh, you know understanding what a certain job description and a role is all about uh, and understanding the differences the different kinds of PM jobs yeah so uh, for the complete product management course I kind of talk about the different flavors of product managers you know there are ones that focus more on the UX or the user experience of a product they're product managers that focus more on the, you know, the back end. So they're more kind of like the technical product managers, and they make sure that different APIs will work with the um, the, the front facing uh, products. And they're also product managers that are more analytical, where they dive into like a sea of data and they try to pick out learnings and they try to um, recommend uh, features based on that that sea of data. Um, so. You know, after understanding that breakdown, for my students who, who want to learn, you know, what the best fit is for them, then they can check out their skill set. Like, for me, I'm more um, interested in design, so I'm more kind of like the UX-flavored um, product manager. Um, and for people that's more, like, you know, technical, that, that want to interface more with the developers and engineers, and they love talking about APIs and that kind of stuff, um, more technical PM role might be a better fit for them. Um, and in terms of the questions that they ask in an interview, um, most of the really, really awesome companies, they tend to just look for like structured thinkers. You know, they look for people where they'll ask a question and the person doesn't just give them like a stream of uh, content or an answer that's not very well organized. They're the people that will say, okay, um, I understand your question, here are three um, parts to this answer. One, two, three. So those are people that are very structured, you know, thinkers. And those typically are the people that can pick up a lot of stuff really quickly because they can take in lots of information and organize it into um, really valuable, like, pieces of knowledge or wisdom that they can kind of, you know, uh, use. Um, so typically with companies, like, those are the type of questions that that are, that are going to be asked. Um, and all the other stuff, like you said, like they won't know until they actually land the job and start working on the product. And, but if you're a structured thinker, you can be thrown in any uh, situation and you'll be able to figure it out. Nice. So do you have an example of what a structured thinking question would be like? Yeah. So like um, a lot of companies will ask behavioral questions. You know, they'll be like, tell me a time that um, you had a conflict with 
a coworker, or tell me about a time where um, you were presented with something that you had no idea what to do, um, and how did you how did you overcome that situation? And one of the things that I teach is the SAR framework, and the SAR is an acronym that stands for situation, action, and result. So the structured way to answer this question would be like, okay, so there was a time where, you know, I was uh, given this question um, by upper management, um, and I had no idea what to do, and right away I you know, pinged my closest network on who the experts that had knowledge on this um, problem was. And then I proactively scheduled coffee time with them and I learned everything that there was to know um, that helped me come up with the answer for that. And the result was I put together a presentation that was only like, you know, 15 minutes long and I presented it to the team and everybody learned and, and grew because of that presentation. And you can pretty much answer any behavior question with that same um, SAR framework. All right, Charles. That's, that was a great chat. Uh, do you want to tell my listeners more about your courses? Yeah, I would say for those that are really serious um, about becoming a Rockstar product manager or acing the interview, um, I'm going to make a special coupon available for all the listeners out there. Um, and this is a coupon just exclusively for, for your listeners um, because I feel like you've attracted an audience of people that are really act proactively looking to grow. Um, so the coupon code is DYT2016, and they can go to Udemy, and they can find my two of my most popular courses. The first one is the Complete Product Management Course. The second one is Master the Product Manager Interview, the Complete Guide. And this coupon will work for both courses. And... You know, the price of uh, the courses will typically vary based on season, but both these coupons will give them a heavy discount across the normal price. Um, so the coupon code, again, is DYT2016. And from the moment that this podcast goes live um, to when they listen, um, I'm going to make it only available for three weeks. So it's only a limited time. Um, so they can go online, check out the the curriculum and check out the, the trailer video and see some of the example lectures. And if they want to take the, um, the leap and learn a little bit more, um, they can use this code and get it at a fraction of the price. Thanks, Charles, and thanks for taking the time to be with us here today. All right, that was an interesting conversation, and I hope you found it valuable as much as I enjoyed asking questions. Charles talks about a lot of things, but there are a few things that he said. First, he emphasizes on focusing on the problem and not the solution. This is a very important point. Most often there is this mindset to see and jump into the how, but it's important to understand why before we jump into the how. He also talks about learning new skills by doing. I, I really am a big proponent of this way of internalizing learning. The reason this works is more biological than just words. The part of the brain that is used for reading and the part of the brain that's, that gets activated when we do something are totally different. But when we both read and put them to practice, the neurons in the brain connects through what, what they call a synapses biologically. This, the, more, the more the connections for, uh, for a given subject or a memory, the more stronger is the retention. 
I think I I got a little too biological here, but the point was to impress on upon you the importance of learning by doing. Finally, Charles also talks about structured thinking and the SAR framework. This again is a nice way to remember the technique. I really like to use such acronyms as they really help encode bigger learnings into memorable words uh, that helps us retrieve when we really need to apply our learnings. All right, that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you found these learnings useful and more importantly, I hope you do something with it. I will have the links to Charles' courses, the coupon code for his courses, his website and everything else in the show notes. You can actually find the show notes at www.designyourthinking.com slash episode 013. And if you like listening to this podcast, please show us some love. Please head over to the iTunes store, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. If you have an Android, download the Stitcher app and subscribe to the podcast. Before we wrap up the show, I have one last thing for you. I have launched a contest and I'm giving away five t-shirts and an Alexa-powered Amazon Echo Bluetooth speaker. Yes, you heard me right. I'm giving away a t-shirt each Friday till Thanksgiving. And on the Thanksgiving weekend, I'm giving away an Amazon Echo Bluetooth speaker. All you need to do to win one of them or all of them is do do these three things. Subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening to this episode on your Mac or iPhone, do head over to the iTunes store, find the podcast and hit subscribe. Leave a rating and review in the podcast in the iTunes store. I pick the best review every Friday and on Thanksgiving to give away the t-shirts and the Amazon Echo Bluetooth speaker. So leave your Twitter handle, tweet about the show or just do anything creative to catch my attention. Go and subscribe to my newsletter. Go to www.designyourthinking.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click the subscribe button. Give your email address and you'll get an automated welcome email from me. Hit reply to that email and let me know that you've done all of these three, three steps. That's it. You're all set. Thanks for listening and I look forward to giving away the holiday gifts. Thanks for listening to the Design Your Thinking podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter at www.designyourthinking.com.